You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. California and streaming live on Ustream. This is AfterBuzz TV for Modern Family. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Modern Family news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424 256 1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Modern Family. Oh, After Buzz TV, we are the Modern Family Podcast without a we, or the royal we. I'm flying solo in the studio today, I am Mario Hernandez, and in the booth is Street Dr. Phil, running welcome, the, welcome. Uh, running the, uh, the booth, running the control board and we are talking about modern family today um we are talking about uh the egg drop episode modern family keeps keeps on rolling um you know a lot of people are saying that this season is not as strong as other seasons and i disagree i think that uh what they are doing in terms of fleshing out the characters and the combinations of the different storylines that they're doing are actually pretty strong and uh, you know it's it's bound to happen the novelty of a show will uh start to wear off but um we've got some solid uh comedic situations and again it's a sitcom so we want to see the same situations that's what the sit in sitcom stands for it's a situational comedy we want to see the same situations happen over and over again it's not uh you know tv doesn't really solve anything uh witness mad men the womanizing philandering ways of don draper who drinks a lot and womanizes that's never going to change because that's the show if it changes then the show's over nobody wants to see that so um egg drop was an excellent episode um i thought and uh the title simply comes from um this project that manny and luke have to do wherein they must drop they must build some sort of contraption that will pillow parachute or cushion the an egg a regular chicken egg from cracking when you drop it from the first story and so that kind of provides that's the a storyline um which of course leads beautifully into a competition between between uh jay and claire who uh you know as parents of their respective uh boys um you know they're very competitive and they want to give each one of their boys a leg up in the project which in of course of turn you know makes it about claire and jay kind of going head to head the um b storyline um involves phil dunphy who is now made partner at his at the realty office where he works and he's doing a seminar and he needs someone to ask questions for his big finale. And it's one of these, you know, really cheesy seminars. If, 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 if you've ever been to one of these things, you know, whether it's a timeshare pitch or, you know, these kinds of things where you too can, you know, the wealth is in your hands. You have the keys to your wealth that you can just unlock. Um, you know, if you've ever been pitched something because somebody wants your money or your business, um, you know, 
then you know what these things are about. They're really cheesy. They're really awful. They, you have to sit through them and usually end up with some sort of, you know, a packet or a fold or a glossy folder filled with information and pages and pages of stuff that you don't really need. And usually end up with some sort of a useless gift that's usually like a keychain or a plastic cup or pencils or in Phil Dunphy's case, a mouse pad. And so, uh, so that's the beeline episode or storyline. The C storyline, um, which I thought was pretty compelling, given the fact that it could have been you know over and done with in one in one shot, um, involved, of course, Cam and Mitchell, of course, interviewing, being interviewed, I should say, for a uh, excuse me for an adoption, and uh, we had a, a special guest, uh, Zoe Jarman. Jarman, Jarman, as uh, as Lindsay, who played this uh, young pregnant girl, and uh, she came into Cam and Mitchell's house, and uh, Lindsay was well. Let's be kind. Lindsay was uh, is not incredibly uh, bright, and so at first you know, there was actually you know they did a really cool thing with this story because at first it seemed to be about the fact that Lindsay was not that intelligent, and so Mitchell. Uh, had to uh, correct her. And Cam was like, what are you doing? Shut up. You know, she wants to call a chair a clown or whatever. Let it go because we're trying, we're trying to get in good with this girl and being difficult is not, you know, you don't have to be right all the time. So they rearrange the whole apartment and then they switch gears a little because they do a little song for Lindsay and Lindsay inadvertently offends Cam by saying that uh, Mitchell is the one that actually has the singing voice and not Cam. So... So a little switch gears, and then finally in the in the last uh, clip, there's a little switcheroo where Cam, you know, wants to sing one more song to her to prove that he is a singer, and um, and when he sings, uh, uh, please is it please don't go? Is that the song by Chicago? Is that what it's called? Um, yeah, it's please don't go. No, if you leave me now, sorry. Baby, please don't go. Yeah, that one. Baby, please don't go. Um, by Chicago, when he sings that, of course, Lindsay breaks down and cries because she realizes she does not want to give up her baby. So all in all, a very, very awesome, uh, very awesome show. Very cute. A um, lot of awe moments. Uh, lovely, lovely show, Modern Family. Um, so let's begin by simply talking about the competition aspect of Jay and Claire's dynamics. So... You know, I, I'm a writer myself, so I'm always very interested in the construction of these shows. And Modern Family, you know, it, anytime you have a show that works really well, and I'd like to think that with a few exceptions, the vast majority of the shows that do well in the ratings and the awards are shows that that combine the proper elements of a sitcom. So in the case of Modern Family, you have a very tightly constructed sitcom structure. Um, and, and when you have a strong sitcom base, as it were, you can then kind of go off the reservation and kind of really, uh, change things up and still make it fly. So in this, in this episode, for example, we did not have all the storylines come together at the end. They were, they were basically three separate storylines that went their own way. And usually they tie them together with some sort of, uh, life meaning. They didn't do that this time. In fact, we had Cam and Mitchell that had their own storyline completely. And if you watch the show, you know that that's a very rare thing because usually there's some sort of involvement with the other family members. But 
Modern Family is very good at mixing up the pairings of the families. You know, earlier in the season, we had um, uh, Gloria and Luke, you know, in a car going, you know, tree shopping and Christmas tree shopping. And that's, you know, that, that was a pairing that was, that was unprecedented in the three short year history of Modern Family. So that's what they did. We basically took Cam and Mitchell and gave them their own storyline and did not have them interact with the other folks. And so we had this competition storyline between Claire and Jay. And based on what we know from previous episodes and also what they explicitly said in this one, we know that they have a competitive dynamic. And we had an episode earlier in the season where we talked about the realists versus the dreamers in the families. And um, Claire and Jay, I believe, were on the same team because there's a very realistic people and then you know even mitchell as well because he's the lawyer he's the and then we had on the other side the dreamers who were cam and gloria and phil uh almost kind of the goofballs and then of course if we could go even further um i would say that manny despite his well you know i won't say you know that's up to interpretation but i think uh i think the girls there's definitely a clear-cut we know that Haley's the dreamer and Alex is the realist. Um, she's the more intelligent, of course, of the two, so she's the more realistic. And so, you know, it can, we can basically say that these are the heads and the hearts, you know, people that listen to their heart versus people that listen to their head. And in the case of Jay and Claire, they are ostensibly the same people. They're the same person. And at the very end, we had the reveal where Jay says, you know, well, I've always thought that you were cut from the same cloth. I've, I've always loved you. I've always, that's why I liked you because you are me, you, you are a fighter, you are a competitive spirit. And there was a really tender moment because all of a sudden now Claire realized that this constant headbutting with her father her whole life, you know, was actually a sign of affection, you know, between the two of them because they were such kindred spirits because they thought of things so similarly. And I think, you know, anybody who has family members or even friends, that are like that. We have, we feel that way sometimes where we look at, we look at people that butt heads with us and we say, what is your problem? What is your, and guys do this a lot too, because in a, lot, a lot of times in groups, there can only be, you know, there's only one alpha, you know, wolf and everyone else has to kind of fall in line. Girls too, girls do this, right? Mean girls and, and that sort of thing. But birds of a feather kind of really do flock together because they, you headbutt with the people that are just like you. And so that's what happened between Claire and Jay. And one of the really interesting things that, that ties in that I don't know if the writers, I'd like to think that they did this on purpose, was this idea that Gloria, who was, who was seen in the very first scene at the, begin, at the top of the show, yelling at her mother on the phone, or might not have actually been her mother, might have just been some indiscriminate family member, but she's yelling at them, and it was nice. It was nice for the writers to have Manny translate. So, you know, I heard that you're a crazy woman. You know, you're you're driving me crazy. I want to die. You make me want to kill myself. I love you. And now I'm Mexican. I'm Mexican American, and I know that Latin Hispanic families have a very um, how do you say a passionate way of doing things because. We feel things very strongly, and when we feel these things, um, we like to let out all our feelings and just kind of put put it out there for people to deal with. Um, but we forget very quickly, 
And uh, we really do. We, you know, in my family, there's, there's, you know, growing up, there was a lot of yelling and a lot of just a really intense, intense, rah, kind of an expulsion, a, a vomiting of feeling, if you would. And, uh, but five minutes later, it's completely forgotten. And while I don't mean to stereotype, certain, um, shall we say, more buttoned up cultures, um, you know, they kind of swallow and they kind of eat their angst and kind of hold it in. And so what happens, of course, is you have a bubbling of emotions, kind of like what would happen if you, you know, try to put a brick on top of a, a kettle of boiling water. Um, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use, you build up the steam, you steam, you build it up, and then boom, an explosion of emotion. And now all of a sudden, the people that have been bottling this stuff in, it all comes gushing out. And we're, we're talking about months and months, if not years, of BS and crap and stuff that people have been holding in. You know, we just had the holidays. And, you know, for many people, that's what the holidays are, right? Is, uh, you know, you talk about Seinfeld and uh, <clears throat> Festivus, you know, the airing of the grievances, right? That's, that's what happens when families get together. It's all of a sudden, those dynamics that happened when you were younger and those, those, those feelings, you know, my sister still brings up stuff that I did when I was a teenager, when I was a kid. And I'm like, I was a kid. I was 12, 13, 14. I mean, like, you know, yeah, I was, I, you know, I had some inkling of what I was supposed to do, but I was, you know, a kid with raging hormones and emotions and, you know, thinking that I knew what was going on and the world didn't understand me and all that garbage that teenagers think. Well, uh, you know, maybe you're a teenager out there, so you know what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, it, it, it comes bubbling out. And so I, I see both sides. I like the just, I, I'm a big fan of being honest and just talking about things as they, as they pop up, as what, whatever you want to do, whatever, you, you know, if, if it's on your mind, say it, don't keep it in. Because if, if you do keep it in, then, uh, well, guess what? It, it's going to pop out at a really inconvenient time. Now, at the same time, I am also a fan of parsing your words and being careful and picking your fights, right? Because you don't want to just say everything, you know, that pops into your mind. That could, that could also be a little bit dangerous. You know, if, if everybody walked around saying what they wanted to, I don't know. I think there might be uh, a lot of hurt feelings. I think um, people would, but that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, a lot of times, you know, and, and as you get older, you learn to navigate these traps. When, um, when my girlfriend, for example, when any woman asks you a loaded question, every guy does a self-check-in a self to say, now, do I answer this honestly or do I be smart. Am I, should I be smart and not say something that will get me into trouble? So there's a, you know, there's a classic question. Do I look fat? You know, to which the answer is of course, never, you never look fat. You look great. You look, you, you are not fat. I need to bulk up to get at you is what I usually say when I have been asked that in the past, because I know better. Honesty is sometimes not the best policy. But, uh, you know, 
in Gloria's case, and for the sake of comedy, of course, we do want someone that will say it, right? And that's kind of, and and yes, on some level, it does fulfill this stereotype of the feisty Latin hot mama, but uh, but there's a heart to it, you know. I never think it's not it's not crazy. She's not stalking anyone. She's not you know emotionally unbalanced. She is someone, usually when she explodes, she's someone who has been pushed because Gloria is a very gentle, very loving uh, person. But we do see that. We see that you know she sometimes gets pushed or she sometimes gets neglected or something gets ignored that she has specifically asked for. And you know, you, you, you mess with the bull, you're gonna get the horns. And so, um, so it was really nice to her, to see her kind of groveling. <laughs> at the end of the day because she missed, she was so, if you watch the show, of course, you know that she was asked to be a plant during Phil's presentation. And so we, we do this a lot sometimes when we're, when we're doing presentations or when we're doing shows, we put plants in the audience, people that will raise their hand at the end and ask the setup question for what is basically a really important part of the presentation. So someone will say, you know, um, what else can I do to, you know, stay involved in my community? That's an excellent question because staying connected and on and on and on. So her question was, I believe, is there a sixth key? Cause, uh, Phil had done this presentation where he was, uh, where he was presenting the five keys of, you know, uh, uh, connectedness or whatever it is he's selling. And so is there a sixth key she was supposed to ask, but she and Haley went off to the spa to get their nails did and their hair done, and um, and they just didn't make it. They just didn't make it back. So Phil had to kind of improvise, and it was kind of a disaster, even though it wasn't that bad. Um, but but it messed up his his thing. So his presentation. So now we have a situation where Gloria is feeling bad, and she must now apologize to Phil, and. Uh, she's groveling with him and, and saying, I'm really sorry. You need to, you need to. And he's like, it's fine. You know, he, he doesn't bite because he's Phil, you know, Phil's kind of a pushover, right? Jay kind of, you know, everyone knows that he's an old softy and for Gloria, that's akin to not caring because she's used to this kind of emotional pull. And, uh, it, it's, it's a situation where, again, if, if you're Latin or if you're Italian or, you know, if you're Jewish, if you know there's, there's a certain kind of emotional push and pull that signifies affection. I will say this. It's also regional. Out here, I moved out to Southern California from New York. And in New York, we have what is known collectively in most places as busting each other's balls. Now, the busting of the balls does not actually require testicles, though I have found that the people with said balls uh, are actually more adept at busting them. And uh, whereas out here in California, in Southern California anyway, people are less um, in tune with things like irony and, and, and jokes that can on the surface seem aggressive, but they're actually a sign of affection. And over New Year's, for example, uh, we were with some friends. Um, one of them is from Connecticut, and another one is from New Jersey. 
which is, you know, two thirds of the tri-state area. And um, those, they understood that busting balls is kind of their dynamic. They understood. And so my girlfriend, who is not from the Northeast and who occasionally has taken offense or has been hurt by some of the things that I've said when I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's me being affectionate. I'm actually, I'm just busting your balls, not realizing that she might not understand that she can get hurt by it. And so when she saw this dynamic of our two friends kind of ribbing each other, as it were, I said, see, that's the dynamic of, of how it is in the Northeast or in, you know, kind of, I feel like most major urban industrial areas, but you know, again, it's, it, it's a regional thing. It's a cultural thing. If you didn't grow up with it, it can be very bracing. It can be very hard to see other people do it. And, you know, I, I get it. I really do. Um, you know, it can be a little harsh. It can seem like on the surface, Hey man, why, why are you being mean? And it's like, I'm not being mean. I'm actually just, this is my sign of affection. It's like, you're my friend and I can tell you, you know, what's up with them shoes or, you know, uh, you know, can you be any later? What were you fixing your hair? I don't think so. That sort of thing that people generally here in South Southern California just don't get. Um, people here are very surfacey and take, take what you say at face value. Um, the Midwest is also like that as well. Um, parts of the country. There are exceptions, of course, I'm generalizing, but, uh, you know, it does, uh, it does, it does happen. I've had that happen on more than one occasion where people just don't get, oh, it busting each other's balls. So in Gloria's case, she, she equates anger and that kind of rough, I don't want to say emotional abuse, but certainly that emotional push and pull where someone, I mean, like literally where someone just like smacks you on the back of the head, right? That's how you know you, you got your mother's attention is when you got smacked on the back of the head. And that's what, you, that's what it is. You equate that kind of physical brusqueness. I'm, I'm sure there's a Freudian uh, analysis of it that, you know, involves, you know, some sort of, you know, when we were cubs and being pulled by the scruff of the neck and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's, it's something that we equate. We equate affection with that physical, with that physical connection, that physical intimacy. And so that's what's actually, what's actually happening there. And so Gloria wants Phil to get mad. And once at one point he does finally get mad and starts yelling at her and says, you know, oh, you messed up. I'm really mad. She's like, okay, that's better. And then the moment he's like, oh my God, I made you cry. She's like, no. So it created kind of a really funny, uh, funny moment there towards the end. So the push and pull of Gloria and Phil Dunphy. Again, another great pairing that we don't see that often. Phil is actually the only one too, and I like this on the show that acknowledges Gloria's hotness. Sometimes she'll, you know, stretch out or something, and you know, and Phil is just kind of caught staring. And so in this one, he kind of, I could see he's like hugging her and kind of feeling kind of awkward. But she's, you know, that's what she wants. That's what she equates affection with is real live physical connection, and that's important too. So uh, we're going to take a break here after Buzz TV Modern Family podcast. When we come back. We're going to talk about what's in store for Modern Family in the coming weeks. We've got some exciting stuff for you. So uh, stick around. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds. Like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. 
AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different aftershows from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Seriously, folks, what do you want to buzz about? Uh, if you weren't tuning in to our last SNL podcast, uh, you may not know that the AfterBuzz TV website is up and running. AfterBuzz TV News. Uh, yes. Uh, earlier today, Phil Svitek announced that the AfterBuzzTV.com website is finally up and running. And it's, I got it once again, Phil. I got to give you a shout out. This site looks good. Well, uh, it was a uh, it, it was a combination of I mean uh, we me and a few other people the design. Um, it, it, it's actually from a lot of fan feedback and a lot of things we learned along the way in, in the first year that we we're up and running so uh so once again you know uh for those of you listening you are part of our equation everything that we do is obviously catered towards you we we do this for you not for us that'd just be silly otherwise uh mario and i would just talk while getting coffee right mario yeah i mean it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same thing we would just do our own thing and but we're trying yeah this is a community Right. This is, what, this is what we're trying to do. And if you go on the website, you can see that it's very clearly there, there. There are there are literally seven or eight ways to connect with us. And and that's, you know, subscribing to podcasts or getting updates on Twitter or viewing photos on Facebook, chatting. We're going to enable chatting on here. You're going to be able to email us. And of course, you can always call us, call us in the studio when the show is going live and talk to us. But this is this is a standout site. This is this is the future, and it's gonna and and what I love too, Phil, because I, I've had to do this, and I know that this was problematic for a lot of people. Is I've had to tell people to go to different sites. So it's like, oh, did you? If you're gonna watch me live, go to this website. If you're gonna listen to the podcast, you got to go here to download it. Oh, and if you want to follow us, you know, there's there's a you have to go to all of these different places with like long, you know, URLs to get there. Now it's just AfterBuzzTV.com, and then from there. You can you can log on. You can check in. You can you can communicate. You can you can commune with the communities with the, with your other fans of the show. And it's just it's an it's an excellent site. And we're going to enable the uh, right. We're eventually going to uh, not televise. What's the word? We're going to broadcast. We're on broadcasting here. exclusively from AfterBuzzTV.com. We are going to be broadcasting exclusively from AfterBuzzTV.com. Is it? Am I? On, are we on there now? Uh, we are on there um, right now. We're still with UStream, um, okay. and uh, you know, not that we dislike UStream. It's just um, we want to kind of test out some new waters and, and feel out. Um, we're we're gonna stream on our website, and because uh, we've been getting a lot of complaints that uh, the the uh, audio and video are out of sync on uh, UStream, yeah, there's which, little... is, which is a problem. And uh, so, of course, with the new ones, we've been testing it, so we fixed that issue. So that's why, again, uh, you know, we hear your complaints and obviously we want to address them sometimes we address them later than we should but we try to as, as fast as we can of course yeah I, I i think it looks great and and uh i'm really looking forward to uh to having it be a one-stop shop for all things after buzz and also for me when i'm not in the studio i want there to be one place so that i'm not you know doing it on my phone and stuff but um all right so let's talk about some upcoming news 
here in the modern family world. Two, two little bits. Actually, two, a couple of pieces that I've picked up. One over the holidays and two more that I just picked up right now. First of all, congratulations to Modern Family. Uh, the DGA Awards were announced. That's the Directors Guild of America. For those of you that are savvy enough to follow the biz. Uh, Directors Guild of America Awards were announced. And Modern, modern Family is up for an award uh, for the uh, Directors Guild of America. They got a nomination. And uh, well, good luck to Modern Family. I know they are very, very good. Um, and, you know, Directors Guild just does a TV nominees. So uh, you will have, um, you know, Modern Family. Uh, actually, okay, so they got they got two nominations. Director Fred Savage, who directed After the Fire. I didn't even know that Fred Savage directed it, if it's the same Fred Savage. Let's go to IMDb and find out. Um, but uh, also for their other director... Um, what is the name? Michael Spiller, who did Express Christmas. That's pretty cool. Um, I I can't believe if this is actually Fred Savage. I, and where have I been? Uh, actor, director. Let's see here. Director. Yes. So Fred Savage, uh, who is of course who played Kevin on the uh, Kevin Arnold on the Wonder Years. That Fred Savage is now nominated for a Directors Guild of America Award for doing After the Fire, which was a wonderful episode that, of course, we podcast. If you follow After Buzz and the Modern Family podcast, you know that we talked about it. And I can't believe we missed that. So I'm going to stay on top of that to find out because the guys behind the camera are also uh, an integral part of the show, naturally. Um, but it's pretty funny because Palestinian Chicken from Curb Your Enthusiasm and all these other great episodes are being nominated. Uh, the news that I picked up over the holidays... Um, because Ellen Barkin was in the, was in the news because she uh, apparently got harassed by the New York Police Department. That's uh, not NYPD for, for those of you in the biz, in the crime-fighting biz. Um, Ellen Barkin is going to be on an upcoming show, and that's pretty exciting because she's attractive still. And um, But then the big news right now, if you go online, the big news for Modern Family is that Lily, yes, Lily, the little adopted daughter of Cam and Mitchell is going to drop the F-bomb on Modern Family. Now, if you follow the show, you know that this season's Lily is not the same Lily that the show started with. That's actually quite common in Hollywood as they, as child actors kind of grow up. Um, very seldomly, actually, do very baby child actors grow up and be anybody. Um, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen accepted, of course. <laughs> I hope you're not listening to that because you guys are definitely the exception to the rule and if you are listening give me a job um but uh when the little kids grow up you know and the and the thing about kids is that quite often you see twins that's why mary kate and ashley olsen olsen played twi you know were twins that played young baby is it michelle tanner one of the, one of the baby tanners but um she uh you know there's a certain law, so you can only the children can only be on set a certain amount of time. So when you have twins, it works out better that way. But anyway, so stick around because keep watching Modern Family. Little Lily is going to say the f bomb. That's the f word, f u c k. If you know, if you know what I mean, the old fuck toodle. If you know what word I'm talking about, if you if you can get the, if you can guess the hidden word in that word, fuck toodle, you'll know what word I'm talking about. And Lily says it. The little the little baby says it. And, you know, it's one of the words that you can't say on TV. So we're going to see how we bleep it. We're going to see how big a part of the show, of the plot line it's going to be. But uh, stick around. Modern Family, if you want to hear babies drop F-bombs, 
that is where to go. So that's what's going to be coming up. Uh, nothing much in the way of predictions. I predict that the F-bomb is going to be funny. But um, thanks so much for listening. And seriously, if you guys want to tune in, Your call Your AfterBuzz TV predictions. Uh, I predict that the F-bomb is going to be totally hysterical. Um, and that I, I, I hope that the F-bomb and the Ellen Barkin uh, storylines coincide. Um yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. And again, you can follow me at Cinemario on Twitter. Um, I have a, an upcoming improv show with my improv group, Conrad, at the iOS Loft. That's here in Hollywood um, at 1030 this Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So if you're listening to this sometime this weekend, by all means, come check it out. Come say hi. Uh, friend me on Facebook, all that jazz. Um, yeah, uh, I'm Mario Hernandez, and um, we will see you next week with another exciting podcast for Modern Family. It's going to be great. Keep tuning in. Thanks so much. AfterBuzzTV.com. Thank you, Phil. Street Dr. Phil. You know what sucks, though, Mario? What sucks, brother? The AfterBuzzTV.com website is not a one-stop shop because you don't have your bio up there, buddy. Uh-oh. Yeah, All right. Mario, well, Mario's got to send us his bio, so he'll certainly do that, and so he'll make it even easier for you to find him as well. Ah, uh, yes. I see. Yes. Yes. We'll I'm make learning, it. too. This is a learning process, folks. Thanks so much for being patient with us. <laughs> but, uh, yes, as Mario said, thank you. We'll see you next week. We'll right, see Mario? you next week. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Take us out. Phil. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.